Hello, and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer, not just for Louisiana, but for the entire Northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Hello. Welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Uh, I'm Coach Alan DeRitter, the head soccer coach for the boys at Dulles and also director of coaching at Soccer Innovations of America and Plantation Athletic Club. And we welcome you to our third show uh, of, this, of this summer season. And uh, we have an exciting show for you tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking to Shane Johnfer in a few minutes. Uh, he's going to be taking his team to the national championships, his U-17 girls. And uh, we're going to also hear uh, right after our prayer, um, we're going to listen to Ed Daniels reflect on his experience in Russia during the World Cup. What an amazing uh, story that is. So we start off with a prayer. So in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear God, thanks for letting us have these wonderful guests on tonight and, uh, and have this show. Pray that we'll be able to continue to further, not just the cause of soccer, but just goodwill throughout uh, the media. There's so much of it out there that's bad. I know that there's a lot of good out there, and I'm glad that we're a part of it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, so um, we're going to talk to Ed Daniels in a second. Um, he was able to go on vacation. Of all places, he chose St. Petersburg, uh, Russia, uh, to go on vacation. I don't even know if he knew the World Cup was going on when he planned the vacation. But he was right in the right place at the right time. He literally could see the stadium from his cruise ship window. And uh, uh, I'm very jealous of him. And he got to experience things that really most of us here can only imagine. And I kind of talk about this in the phone call, and, I, and I'm going to say it now. When the Saints won the Super Bowl, it was good. It was it was more than good. You know, I've been living in New Orleans now 36 years, and I've been a Saints fan all my life. But I was hoping that when the Saints won the Super Bowl, it would be very much like just a normal win for a country when they won a World Cup game. I was in Italy when Italy beat Switzerland in a just a group stage game, and the whole town shut down. It was a one nothing win. And there was just impromptu parades going on and impromptu street parties. Everything had to close. And I was just taken aback by just how much fervor they had. And I was just hoping that when the Saints won, we'd have a little bit of that. And in my neighborhood, I went outside during this right after the Super Bowl win, and I didn't hardly I heard a couple of horns blowing. And uh, and everybody called that crazy. We just have no idea what crazy is. Yeah, Tiger Stadium on a Saturday night is nuts. But there's nothing like being in Europe for the World Cup, in my experience. Anyway, uh, without any further ado, let's listen to what Ed had to say about his experience in good old Leningrad, now renamed in respect to its ancient historical roots of St. Petersburg. Hello, everybody. And we're talking to sports director from WGNO, uh, Ed Daniels. Ed, welcome to the show. Thanks, Alan. How you doing, buddy? Doing great, and uh, I'm very jealous of you. You got a chance to have some time in Russia. Uh, tell us what that was like. Uh, you know, it was uh, very interesting. If I had tried to go to a game, I think my wife would have killed me. Oh, why? 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 Because, you know, I was there on vacation. And, and oh. look, I, we had a great time. We, um, we, we toured St. Petersburg for two days and saw all the palaces and um, all the stuff from the czars and the State Hermitage Museum, which is – 
I, I don't know if there's a better museum in the world. If there is, it's got to be spectacular because that was incredible. So St. Petersburg was an incredible visit. Well, what was funny is that I could look out my window of our cruise ship where we were docked and I could see the stadium. It was about a mile away and I could oh, really? see it clear. I could see it clear as day. Uh, and there were a lot of soccer folks in town and, um, you know, there are a lot of people on the ship who are from England who, of course, were uh, very excited about what they were doing. Yeah. In yeah. fact, I think I aggravated a lady um, in our group when we were uh, sitting at the bar watching the game on the cruise ship because I said, you know, where's Wayne Rooney and Steven Gerrard when you need them? <laughs> and uh, and I, don't, I don't think she found that very amusing. <laughs> so I learned that they take it in their football. They take yeah. it very seriously. But it was a it was an interesting journey. It was interesting to be in the host uh, country of the World Cup, and of course, uh, games played within a stone's throw of where we were. Could you see the pregame parties? You know, I mean, I saw a little of it, but 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 here's what we were doing: we were we were going to all the different czars' palaces, the Peterhof, and and all the museums. Right. And you know, frankly, you know, like I said before, I was there to kind of get away from from uh from the job although i was watching all the games on television because <laughs> the great thing about that is is that you would tour during the day let's just say you would get down to the bus for your tour at 7 30 right. in the morning well you'd get back at six o'clock or five o'clock or five thirty. so you'd grab a shower and eat dinner and then all of a sudden you know the uh the uh, game in in either st petersburg or moscow started at eight or nine o'clock your time so you were able to watch the whole game before you crashed out and went to bed. So that was a lot of fun. And she didn't mind that. No, I mean, you know, look, uh, just, you know, but we were going on tours and, um, okay. and we, we, we went to see the city. And the one thing I would say, you know, non-football related, that if you ever get a chance to go to St. Petersburg, the amount of history there is absolutely incredible. And you not only... Uh, get to understand the whole czars thing and everything that went on in Russia and the political climate. But if you get out to the suburbs, you can see where the Nazis uh, surrounded the city and held it in siege for 900 days and tried to starve it. Uh, it, it it's, an, it's an amazing uh, history lesson, which is frankly what I love to do on vacation. Right, and uh, I know this is a soccer show, but I'm a history nut. And if you, yeah. you know, if you study World War II in a, in the United States, you never get really get the Russian story. But the Russian story is as magnificent as ours. You know, right? How they yeah, had to eat know, wood the, to stay alive. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, one of the things that I mentioned to our our tour guide Anna, who is a very nice lady, married with three children, very very nice uh, lady. One of the things I, I I I looked at her and I said. 20 million Russians died in, in World War II. She said, no, sir, 27. Oh. oh. 27 million. So <laughs> yeah. you don't really get the impact in America of, of what that meant uh, until you go over there. And, and for instance, like one of the nights we were, one of the days we were on a tour and she, and she proudly uh, told me and a few others standing next to her, she says, this is the hotel where Hitler planned his victory celebration after he took Leningrad. Mm. And then she looked at me and she said, of course, that never happened. <laughs> so e even though <laughs> even though it's 70-something years ago, 70 
three, 74, 75 years ago or more since that happened. I'm, it's, it's still a period in history there that I don't think people will ever forget. Yeah, I know. I know. That's one thing I noticed with the uh, coverage of Russia that it's kept coming up, you know, listening yeah. to the BBC and uh, and other uh, networks that were not American. Look, yeah. were, you, were you there when they beat Spain? Um, I was not. Okay. I was not. I was there for I was there for a, a, there was a semifinal. Was it Croatia and Okay, yeah. That would have been Croatia England. Croatia, England, semifinal. Right. Yeah, I, I think I was there for that. Yep. Okay. okay. We were there on a Sunday. We were there on the Sunday before the championship game in Moscow. Okay. okay. So we, we, were, we were right in, the, in that time, but Sunday and Monday. But, you know, there was World Cup. The thing that the Russians did, look, they, 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 love, they love money as much as anybody else, okay? Yeah. And I had my rubles. Okay. I was prepared. Okay. I went over there with my rubles. So I had my rubles and I bought some uh, some World Cup stuff for my kids. And, um, you know, they were very, very much into the World Cup and very much wanted to put on a, uh, a good presentation. One thing I thought was interesting, Alan, was uh, some people on the tour, and we probably should have done this, and we'll do it the next time we go, God willing, is we'll, um, you can register with the State Department when you travel abroad. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll, they'll, they'll send you messages. And one of the couples that we were with, they sent them a message that said, hey, be careful in, in Moscow. Um, you know, it, it might be a little bit of an unruly um, group there. And, you know, be careful and be safe and all of that stuff. So yeah. <laughs> I thought that was, uh, that was pretty interesting. Look, you don't, you don't really, the people in America, and I know you know this, okay? Yeah. But the people in America, by and large, who are not soccer fans, don't understand what this tournament means to the rest of the world. Yeah. It's it's absolutely mind-boggling. It's to see the biggest the reaction of the people there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the biggest thing there is, okay? And, you know... Uh, you know that what what France was able to do that that country will never forget that. Yeah. And and you know we have we have a Super Bowl champion and a college football champion and NBA champion and a Major League Baseball champion every year and that's not to diminish those guys but to be a World Cup champion you uh, your name is in in uh, immortalized forever in those countries and I don't really think you understand that until you go there. I have a, a player from France, and uh, and he almost turns to tears when he talks about it. And and right. it's sad to see that my Americans on the team. They they even though they love soccer and they're playing soccer, yeah. I got to bring them over there so they can experience really that experience which you just went through. Because until you go there, you you have no idea. You know, I thought mm -hmm. the Saints winning the Super Bowl would be kind of mm -hmm. similar. Uh, it wasn't even close to just one. No, I, go ahead. You know, and I and I I have been fortunate to be around both. I was in Miami, of course, when the Saints won. Uh, one of the things that I regret about that night is that I wasn't in town when the Saints won because apparently, uh, you know, New Orleans went absolutely insane, which is really cool. Yeah. But I think you could probably take that Saints Super Bowl victory and times it like a thousand, and you could get what it means to that country. And you know, the coverage. I, I was telling Kenny this on our radio show on Saturday morning, the, the coverage, Kenny Tran, yeah. the coverage that the 
the English soccer team, they knocked Wimbledon so far off the front page. Okay. Wimbledon was like a footnote, but in our, in our cabin, we had BBC and sky news. Yes. And the amount of coverage that the English football team got was amazing. And there were two stories going on, you know, on the BBC, which does really world news. Yes. Okay. There were two stories. The, the, uh, the young, uh, uh, kids trapped in that, um, in Thailand, in that yes. cave in, in Thailand. Okay. was a huge story, but, uh, the English football team was right up there. It, it was amazing how much time the BBC and sky news both spent on that. It was insane. Yeah. And, uh, and here, you know, if we wouldn't have been covering it with Fox, I'm just glad we have we have free TV because I can remember the days where we had to have pay-per-view to watch the games. And I think right. uh, and now American media at least has caught on to the fact that, you know, it, it's it, it, it was a big hit. I think it was. You know, even with the big names going out, I think they, they, they were surprised with the ratings that they got, you know. Well, um, I think that and, – and you could probably – and I, in fact, I know you could. You would correct me if I if I was wrong. But I think this was probably the best World Cup ever, as far as excitement, as far as goal scoring, as far as the you know the excitement surrounding the event. And look, whether you like Russia or not, and I know Russia is such a big <laughs> point of contention in this country right now. Yeah, it is. I think the fact that what it was there actually added some mystique to the event because if you go to the Peterhof and anyone who has been to the Peterhof, the, the backyard of the Peterhof, and it's not a backyard, it's a giant uh, walkway, the giant walkway to the Peterhof that leads to the Baltic sea is incredible. Okay? okay. And I remember the networks showing that shot in a in coming out of a timeout. And I looked at my wife and I said, we were there. How <laughs> cool was that? Yes, indeed. And, uh, and I, I tell you what, uh, we're going to have to go in a second, but I, I thought, Honestly, uh, that mm-hmm. Russia outperformed everybody's expectations. You know, the only gl- the only glitch hurt the Croatian team was when that uh, band I can't say their name on the air broke onto the field, uh, and it really ruined Croatia's momentum. I got a chance for uh, for France to take a deep breath. Croatia was putting on the gas, and uh, mm-hmm. and then the rest uh, France took control of the game after that. That's the only hiccup I think of the whole World Cup with Russia. Other than that, right. I mean, the game started on time. Um, the the, mm-hmm. co- the coverage was second to none. I mean, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I was really impressed. I thought it was going to be a bad one, honestly, but this might have been the best one. Yeah, and you know, the games were compelling. I thought it went pretty well, to be honest with you. So, uh, but of course, I was in—I wasn't in Moscow, and I think there was more concern for foreign travelers there, especially Americans, yeah, than there was in St. Petersburg. But I can tell you, I never felt not one second in St. Petersburg like I was in any kind of danger. Okay, you know, because look, if that was the case, my wife and I would have headed back to the boat. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm certainly not going to put her in, in jeopardy. Right. Know? I understand that. So, but, no. but I had a, I had a great experience there and it was, it was so cool to be in St. Petersburg and it was so cool to be around that event 
And to open your window in the morning, and believe me, what was really weird is the sun came up at 4.30 in the morning. Wow. So <laughs> so to open your, win- open your window at, uh, in the morning and to look out and to see the stadium was, was pretty darn interesting. Yes. Boy, I tell you what, just some memories. I mean, you had a chance of a lifetime. I'm very jealous. And I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing it with us and being a part of uh, this and – and uh, and anyway, I want to thank you on on the show. All of our listeners are loyal soccer people. I want to thank you for your coverage of soccer with Sports mm-hmm. Zone and uh, and also just for your normal coverage. I, I thank you for that. For yeah, well, we do, we do we appreciate that. And on Friday night sports, uh, as as we move into January and February, we'll do more of that. And uh, and and we we're excited about it. And we know how passionate the soccer fans are here. And uh, if we can help fill that. Uh, void a little bit we're more than happy well thank you very much and god bless you and your family and thanks alan i appreciate you buddy god bless you all right bye-bye It's no ordinary sports show. Candid conversation. We've got it all. Must have guests. Significant Louisiana sports figures. Serious knowledge. Post-game breakdowns, trivia, historical flashbacks, and my editorials. That'll make even the most diehard sports fans go wow. From the one guy who's always in the zone. It's what happens when you've been around Louisiana sports this long. The WGNO Sports Zone, Wednesdays at 10:15. All right, welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Again, I'm Coach Alan DeRitter, and uh, we really appreciated Ed's um, recollections of Russia, and and now we can look forward to eight years from now hosting our own World Cup. I tell you what, I made the mistake in '94. I'm not going to any of the games, and uh, I will not make that mistake this time. Uh, I'm going to start saving up for it now. One thing he didn't talk about was the exorbitant price for tickets, okay? Those things are really expensive, and, uh, and but I'm not going to let that, pri- that uh, pass me by eight years from now if I'm still kicking. Well, we have a chance for a Louisiana team to make history uh, this week. Okay, tomorrow, uh, this is airing on Monday night. Tomorrow, the Mandeville U-17 girls, uh, led by uh, Coach Shane Jonfro, are going to be playing in the national championship. Very, very exciting. I know people get numb to national championships because there's so many of them in AAU basketball, and I can't even count how many associations of baseball that we have. And, you know, you could have maybe seven or eight national champions per age group. But in in the United States, we have one national championship. Okay? And that is awesome. It's exciting. And it puts a lot of pressure on these girls. But that's what we need if we're going to ever develop them to play at the next level. Well, Mandeville tomorrow is going to have to wake up around 11 o'clock. And they're going to have to play the New York champions. They're the New York West champions uh, from Region 1. And I want to hear what he has to say about that game. Um, but on Wednesday at 7 o'clock in the morning, who schedules these things? 7 o'clock in the morning, they've got to play California, okay? Uh, I, I just don't understand that. Anyhow, uh, they're going to be playing California, and that's going to be, I think, the, the key game. And I wonder if he thinks the same way because California has always put out good talent. I've never had a uh, an easy game with a team from California. And then 
on Thursday, they're going to have to play the Montana, if I'm reading that right, Montana uh, FCKC Academy. And so uh, I'm not going to try to um, minimize the regions, you know, but I think region three is the top region, and I think California region is the next one. So the other two regions have a long way to go to catch up to us, and uh, and I'm kind of proud of that. And I want, want to know if he's got any scouting reports. And these are U17 girls, so a lot of these girls, if you go to U.S. Youth Soccer, uh, their website, you can find out. Actually, they have a trail of how many of these girls are being recruited. The team from California, they even have a girl on that team that signed with Mississippi State. So they've got their hands full in that second game. And uh, uh, But it would be a rough – tournament if he if he does not take the first and third game seriously as well he i mean you got to we've never had a team win the national championship at least as far as i know and uh this could be a chance for shane and for louisiana to have a first so we're kind of excited about that and uh i got i caught with him uh, uh, before he left to go with his team uh to to the regionals and this is what he had to say not regionals excuse me nationals Hello, everybody. We're here with Shane Jomfro, the Executive Director of Coaching at uh, Mandeville Soccer Club. Welcome to Monday Night Football, Coach. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, this is a momentous occasion. Uh, you're going to regionals, and um, this is going to be airing the night before. Uh, you wound up playing the uh, New York team. Uh, how, do you, how do the girls feel? We're extremely excited uh, from a club standpoint to uh, a group of girls that have, have overachieved, worked so hard. Um, and uh, we did draw. We do have a hard draw. We drew a team out of New York and a team out of California and a team out of Missouri. So we're excited for the opportunity to represent the southern uh, states. And we've, we've trained hard and prepared uh, to put the best product possible out on the field. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, the, the draw looks pretty exciting. A New York team on the morning, a uh, California team at – I mean, uh, in the evening – well, really, 11 o'clock in the morning for your, for your Tuesday and Thursday game, but 7 o'clock in the morning, who comes up with a time like that? <laughs> I think it has something to do with the, the Dallas uh, heat and conditions, but um, try and put most of the games before one. We did get the 7 a.m. draw. I've actually uh, – adjusted my training schedule we were training and did a uh, almost like a game rehearsal preparation at 7 a.m had the girls out at 6 15 we went for our warm-ups just to get them acclimated and adapt to the these early conditions because we've never played at this time slot in any event well so, ironically um, the 7 a.m trying game to prepare might... mentally uh for the moment okay the um the seven o'clock game might be a real advantage for you because you're not going to have the intense heat, but those 11 o'clock games are going to be really hot. Yeah. Just so, uh, it? I, yeah, what I've done, uh, Coach, was um, I've kind of been training uh, this hot part of the day around 1 o'clock. We've actually trained in 11 o'clock slots uh, just to get acclimated to the conditions. We we're fortunate in Louisiana. Our state cup, our regional event games have are, are been extremely hot. So we feel – Actually, it's going to be an advantage for us because of being in the South, the humidity, the heat. Um, we, we think we're prepared uh, for the conditions. Yeah, there's no way the California team can can uh, be used to the kind of humidity that's about to hit them right now. 
That's correct. We were actually joking with the staff, hoping that maybe the game was that one for them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, obviously this is not a one-man show. Who do you have to thank for the, for this uh, great accomplishment, y'all winning regionals? Yeah, I mean, I've always had this idea of, like, it's no one took over the club, but it was bigger than any one person. And it was more about um, this concept of family and everyone involved has a part in it. So, you know, I reached out to the staff, the administration, the board, and just being grateful because uh, everybody had a part in it. And this is not just something that was put together a year ago. This is back 10 to 15 years ago. Um, you know, good people from the volunteer rec coaches to the uh, coaching staff to the commitment of the players the support of the managers and administration. So it's a collaboration over time. Um, and then the stars lined up. You have a unique group of girls that kind of believe, but more importantly, were wired and committed and understood uh, the hard preparation that goes into it. And I'm, I'm kind of a, a preparation nut, and I like to prepare, and, and I like the training aspect of the, of the game more than the game itself. And this group of girls bought into that. And I think, um, I think that's part of our success, you know, so I've been fortunate. Um, I, I can't take much credit. I've been fortunate the people before me and the girls, uh, they, they understood what it took and believed in it. And, and we're fortunate. This is a huge moment for the club, but, but also the state, you know, so I'm excited. We, we don't take it lightly. We, we feel like now it's not about men of the soccer, it's about representing the state as a whole. And so we, we have an obligation and a responsibility. So we've trained and prepared uh, a lot of tactical stuff, some video stuff, and just trying to make sure that we're, we're doing our best uh, to give the girls the best opportunity to perform, you know? Well, i tell you what, we're, we're definitely paying attention over here. It's a big deal for you to be going to, uh, to Nationals. We kind of explained it in the Crescent City Sports article that everybody listening, y'all, y'all can read the article right now. It's up online. But I tell you what, uh, this California team, I looked at them a little harder than I looked at the other two. They have 13 college commits. Do you have any inside information on them? Like, or are you just going in blind? Yeah, so what we, we've done is when the schedule is released, we put our emphasis in uh, more of our scouting and preparation on New York because that was the first game of the tournament, and we knew we, we would go to scout and watch them. The other teams, we're going to put more emphasis on game day. Um, we're, we brought a scouting crew, so we're going to watch them in details. Uh, we play at the same time, so having someone scouting them. So more of the emphasis on them. We've done a little bit of research, but we put more emphasis on the game day. They, they're they stellar from what I hear. They've had some uh, good commitments, girls that are playing at big schools. So we have our work cut out for still doubt. The... The thing is, two teams advanced in the bracket. So if we can just get a point or steal a draw uh, or get some points out of that, I would be satisfied. But we're looking to go and, and, and go and get the results of for New York and, and probably Missouri. But California will be our, our biggest challenge. You're correct. Well, as a coach, that's got to be hard because, all right, you're going to play this team, and then in a couple of days you might have to play them again for the championship. So – do you put it all on the table on the first game, or do you hold some things back? Being being that this is new to us, and you don't know if you ever come back in this stage, we will we'll treat every game to and compete to win. 
And so we'll go all out on every game and, and not uh, not hold back. And then um, and if we if we see him later, we'll use the experience that we gained from the first match and we'll actually change a few things. And then we always have a couple tactical things that we kind of keep in our back pocket, whether it's free kicks or corners or set plays that we'll use in that second time we see him. But we we better we're better off when I see a team twice. I feel like I can get a better gauge and tactically I, I can uh, look at the mismatches. But we will approach every game to compete and win, but doing it intelligently the right way. Coach, I tell you what, it sounds like you got a great game plan. Uh, we're all excited for you. Um, I think it does play to your advantage that you're playing in the South. Uh, and I wish you all the best. And uh, just know that we'll be thinking about you over here and we'll be updating everybody on Crescent City Sports about your progress. Yeah, thank you. On behalf of uh, the Mandeville girls and the coaching staff and myself, um, you know, we, we just were thankful you gave us the opportunity and, you know, following us and the support and love has been tremendous. And um, we're grateful for it. And I just, I want to thank you for what y'all doing, and um, I, I hope we uh, make y'all proud. Man. Well, you've already made us proud. I hope that you get to uh, really get uh, uh, this uh, the championship of a lifetime this week. Okay, Coach? Yeah, thank y'all so much. Have a great day. Take Appreciate care, your you time. Too. Bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. Hello, this is Coach Alan DeRitter, and I want to invite all of you to take a closer look at De La Salle High School in New Orleans. De La Salle is a dynamic, inclusive community committed to academic excellence by evidence with our classrooms of the future. And of course, our commitment to athletics is second to none. Come take a look at DeLaSalleNOLA.com and schedule your spend a day today. That's DeLaSalleNOLA.com. All right, that was Coach Shane Jonfro uh, from Mandeville Soccer Club. He's put a lot of work into the, that program. He's been over there since 2003. He got a chance to uh, work for me for one brief season at Brother Martin. And uh, I could tell from the very beginning that he was going to be a special um, gift to Louisiana soccer. I think he always understood that he was going to be um, that kind of a person. And he's always aimed his sights high. He's a De La Salle Hall of Famer, by the way. And I'm really kind of honored to be able to try to bring the legacy that he left behind at De La Salle back to the school. Well, yeah, that's going to cut it for today. Uh, pretty exciting week uh, ahead. Uh, on next week, we're going to be meeting with Sean Esker. And we're going to be preparing for the annual general meeting, which is going to be held in Metairie. And, uh, and we're going to get his take on what the meeting is going to be about and why it's important for all of us to go there. And hopefully we'll be updating you on the scores uh, from this year's national championships. This is Coach Alan DeRitter wishing you and your family the best. Carpe diem in Christ, and God bless you.